0: a contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline integrity and respect welcome to hammer and grind What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, a podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. Hey, if this is your first time here, do us a favor, leave us a review, share it with another contractor. We want to get the word out and help as many as we can. Uh, You can join us on our free Facebook group where you can interact with other like-minded contractors. That's called the Contractor Profit Group. Check us out on Facebook, or if you want to shortcut your success, invest in yourself by signing up for our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. We talk about three things in there the profit sales system, marketing, and KPIs. These are all important aspects if you want to put more profit in your business. You can find out more information about that at hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. Today we're going to be talking about auditing your sales process. Have you ever Taking a look at your sales process from an objective position and seeing how it works. Does it need to be tweaked? Does it need to help? This is what we're gonna be talking about today, Eric.
1: So I remember I used to think I was a really good salesman, you know, and I didn't even know how to, to audit myself or gauge it or anything like that, right? You know, and then a book here, a podcast there, some training, coaching, that kind of stuff. It gets you to like a little bit more self awareness. So I think a lot of contractors have no idea how to audit their sales experience and their sales process and all that stuff. So it's my goal for us to try and figure out how to help people audit. Because if we can show them where they're poor, doing poorly, then they go, oh, maybe I need some help, right? They don't even know it yet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I was nine years in, I thought I was a good salesman. And then I started getting some real sales training and realized that I was not a very good salesman. (laughs) I mean, the... I'm, I'm a very trustworthy person. And so if I get in front of people, I tend to you know close deals. But what I also realized was that I wasn't charging enough. So it's easy to be a good salesman when you don't charge enough. When you're the cheapest guy out of three or five and they trust you the most, that's an easy sell. Yeah. Right? Like all day long, you could do that. But once you start raising your prices and now you're the most expensive guy out of three or five, you have to be a little bit better at your sales game. A
1: lot better, I would argue,
0: right? Well, yeah, a lot better, for sure. Yeah. So why don't you share, Eric, why we're talking about this today and kind of what the experience we've had just literally in the past week. So this may come as
1: no surprise to a lot of you. Brad and I have been fighting about something for the past eight months, right? Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, eight months. What so, is it? So we talked about getting a TikTok page going for Hammer and Grind and... So it was just, it's timing for me mentally to get into it. So uh, I'm just going to throw some excuses out there. But anyways, we kicked off our TikTok channel about, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, maybe. It hasn't been that long, just a couple of weeks. And I was trying to figure out like a sense. There's so much nonsense on TikTok, right? There's there's so much noise. And so I was trying to come up with a way to like, at least get maybe a series going or something like that. So people would want to come back and listen and talk more. So I started thinking about American Idol. I think we talked about it on the podcast one time. That was probably what stimulated it. But you know, these singers come on and they think they're amazing singers, and the judges are like, "You suck. You should probably just quit. Don't ever like go get your money back for your lessons." And I started to think about that. I was like, uh, you know, a lot of contractors think they're great salespeople, and so I kind of took that concept and ran with it on a TikTok feed, and we got quite a lot of traction.
0: Well, yeah, but what the series that got a lot of traction was on you probably suck at sales if, right? And so well, you started asking serious true. parts of questions.
1: But, so, but, that, but that one TikTok that I did was the kickoff of it. It's like, what if you suck at sales and you don't even know it? Sure. And, and then, I, then I kind of explained that as the foundation of, what if you suck at sales, you don't know it, you think you're a great singer, then, and then Simon Cowell says, you suck, don't ever do it again. So then, then I started just doing these little one, one-offs, like you might suck at sales if you rely on the word free. And then, you know, what what you have the other ones written down. Do you want to just talk about those and then we can dig into them or what?
0: Yeah, what you, I have them written down here. I can just go through them real quick and then we'll yeah. hit on each one. So the, the we had free, if you use the word free in your marketing or in your sales, if you negotiate against yourself, if you talk too much whenever you're talking with the prospect, if you don't have all the decision makers present whenever you're talking or when you go out to look at the job, if you ask your prospects for their budget. Uh, And then lastly, we had on here was uh, if you talk poorly about your competition. Now, clearly, these are not all the things that you could do wrong. There's dozens and dozens of things that you could do wrong in your sales process. But these are the ones that we did, or I should say you did TikToks on. And we got quite a bit of response. Some of it was was actually, we thought we were going to get a lot more hate from it, but we actually got a lot more people agreeing with you which was kind of shocking eric
1: yeah that's what kind of blew me away the ones the ones that he just mentioned those are all little like one minute clips you know i got one minute to try and 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 give a little audit on why using the word free could mean that you suck i'm not saying everybody sucks i'm saying but if you lean if you lean on the word free for that it probably means you suck so we went down the line. Even one of them is like a 15-second thing. How do you explain to someone 15 seconds if they talk poorly about their competition, right? So, these are little one-minute clips that they're like little audit. Like, push this button, audit yourself. Push the next one, audit yourself. Do you do these things? If you do, there's a chance you suck at sales and you need some help.
0: Yeah. So, let's start with free. This is this is huge in construction, right? Free estimates, free estimates. I see them on the side of trucks, on their website, Free estimates, free estimates, free estimates. Every time I see that, I want to punch myself in the face because it drives me nuts. But what's wrong with the word free? Why can't you use the word free?
1: Well, I mean, this could be in a long. This could go kind of deep, but here's the thing: when when you're using free in your marketing, advertising, and your phone's ringing, you think like you th- all of a sudden you have this false sense of like, hey, I'm really good. My phone's ringing like crazy, but all of a sudden you're running around town, you're missing your kids' games. You're missing important moments with your family and your, your spouse. Your own hobbies go away. All of a sudden, you don't have time to go to the gym anymore. You start getting fat. Like, but, but in their mind, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm running around town. And, and especially the problem is if they are inexpensive, then they're going to get a lot of work. And then they think they're busy, but they can't afford to really run their business sustainably.
0: Dude, if you're free, who wouldn't take advantage of that? Right? If I'm going to get a remodel done and I'm looking for some contractors and I call one and he wants to charge me $500 to come out and I see another one and he gives me a free estimate, why wouldn't I want to call the free guy? I mean, it doesn't cost me anything. Right. So when you do that, you're, you're basically training your customers that you don't value your own time. I I want to play the devil's advocate cuz there's I mean that's what
1: I thought we were get on on TikTok I thought we were going to get a lot of people going no you know we had a couple of people say oh well I know million dollar roof companies that you know do free <laughs> like okay here we go so but you know what you I guess you could use the word free in in a in a campaign or something like that but the problem is most contractors just use the word free and then they don't have any pre qualifying questions or phone calls or anything like that. It's just free. Get a, get an address, run out there. You know, if you use the word free and you have pre-qualifying, you know, uh, process in your sales process, then, you know, maybe it's it's not bad.
0: Sure. I mean, like you said, if you have a, a qualifying, I mean, we we do free estimates, but we do them over the phone, right? Free budgets, if you will. I mean, that's that's how we do that, but we don't market it as free. The thing is, is that I've always been told, and I don't remember where I saw this, but you should never do coupons because people who use coupons are people who look for deals and they're only using you because they're getting a deal. Now, some people may argue and say, well, it's still work. If I'm charging my normal rates and I'm getting my normal price and I do a, a coupon, why does it matter? And, and we, could, you know, we could argue that and there's some validity there and I'm, and I'm not going to get into it. But overall, when you discount, you're going to get people who look for discounts. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think too many people that drive Ferraris and, you know, want nice things are using coupons, you know? So
0: what Who? What kind of client do you want, right? Exactly. So that's why we said you probably shouldn't use free. And, and listen, I already know what's going to happen. There's always exceptions to everything, right? But what happens is people want to think they're the exception. Everyone believes that they're the exception to the rule. And the reality is... Most of you are not the exception, so don't hang your hat on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did a free thing one time, and I got ten customers, and that's great. That's not what happens across the board, so don't hang your hat on that. You're not the exception. Trust me. Eric might be the exception. That's just because of his looks, but you're not. Hey, the I'm exception. getting
1: old. I can't get by on my good looks forever, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number two, negotiate with yourself. Now, this one. This one blew up big time, right? If you negotiate with yourself. Yeah. Why don't you explain that a little bit?
1: Um You know, this one kind of shocked me that people really dug into this one because I basically said, you know, if you need if you need ten grand to get the job done, if that's what you need for to run a sustainable sustainable business and profitable, and you're getting ready to pitch the number to the client, you you start to negotiate with yourself, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before, but all of a sudden you're like, man, I don't know, ten thousand is a lot of money. Maybe ninety five sounds better than. Then 10,000, you know, I, I think maybe 95 is their budget, but I'm not really sure. So, you know, I'm just going to tell them 8,900, actually 8,900 8, is like 8,000, not 10,000. That's the number I'm going to give them. And they pitch that number. And then they literally talk themselves out of 1,100 bucks or, you know, this these numbers are arbitrary, but they talk themselves down. That's bottom line money in their pocket money that they just took off the job. And they don't even know if the client is willing to pay the 10 grand or not. Like, why don't we just have that conversation first? This one, this one was cool. This one was a real eye opener because so many people were like, I do this all the time. I had no idea. Oh my gosh, I need to stop doing that.
0: Yeah. I was, I was actually shocked at the number of people that were like, yeah, why do I feel attacked? And this is me. And you know, how can I stop doing this? So I think this one is probably, if I had to guess, this one is probably the number one thing that most contractors do that costs them the most profit. Besides not knowing what they should charge, right? But if they do know what they should charge, they negotiate against themselves. And literally every job, they're cheating themselves out of money.
1: You're probably right. Again, like always. But no, seriously, like if they're taking money off, that's, that's their profit. I mean, they're taking the money from their profit. They're... And even worse, sometimes they start to cut corners and they use, you know, inferior products, you know, that ruins the integrity of their business because they're like, hey, when no one's looking, I'm just going to use this product instead of that. It's like, it gets gross. You know what I mean? So, but more often than not, they're stripping from their pockets because I do believe that a lot of these contractors, they want to be craftsmen. They want to deliver really cool work. They want to put art pieces in all this stuff. So there are some shady ones that'll like, well, I'll just use shitty products, you know? Like, so, but you're right.
0: I, you know, I think the overwhelming, I mean, there's, again, there's exceptions, but I think the, most contractors who are craftsmen, for them, an ideal job would be like, hey, we want this thing done and we don't care what it costs. Take as long as you need, do it the right way. And like, then the contractor is like, I can make this perfect. I can spend more time. I'm not pressured by time or money or any of this stuff. Like that would be the ideal situation to work in, correct? But like we have one one person comment. He goes, yeah, my dad does this all the time. And then the whole time we're working on the job, he's complaining that we got to hurry up because we're not going to make any money. And that's like, that's the story of like almost every contractor and every comment that's on there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. It, and it's crazy because, you know what, there's like 1,500 comments. It's like, it's not even, you, you can't even keep up with them. I mean, I could wake up at two in the morning and answer comments for two hours and not even touch it. You know what I mean?
0: It's crazy. So that's why, we, you know, negotiating against yourself. is. And here's the thing too, Eric, it might be a $10,000 project. You sell for 8900 The customer was expecting it to be $12,000. they will never you, know. They'll never know. <laughs> you know right? what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're like, oh, 8,900. That's a great deal. That's cool.
1: And then and then the contractor's like, I knew it. Cool. The 89 was their number. I'm so smart. You know, the, the customer's not going to say, well, I thought it was going to be 12. So that's cool. Let's go. And then you're like, oh, well, wait. I mean, I meant 10. You know, like, how do you how do you rebound from that? How do you recover?
0: And here's what happens to, if, especially if it's like a fixed type of job where it's like the same job every time what are they going to tell their friends? Right. Oh yeah. I mean, we had three other contractors come out. One was 15, one was 12. And, and then this guy did it for 8,900, did an awesome job. Now he's going to tell all his buddies, you're going to get five new referrals from them. And now you got five jobs where people want you to do it for $8,900.
1: Uh, that you're basically not making enough money on. Right. You, you know what? One of the comments that, that I had, a you know, i um, I'm having conversations with some of these people there that turned out to be very, you know, cool. And I'm checking out their pages and there's a lot of contractors doing good work out there. That was really fun for me to see. But one guy's like, hey, I'm just getting started. I just got my contractor's license. You know, I'm really frugal. I think I can come in, you know, lower than a lot of contractors to get the work. And I'm like, bro, like <laughs> a frugal mindset is not how you want to be an estimator. You don't want to estimate for people like your clients, hopefully are not frugal, but if you come in frugal, like you're going to, you're going to lose money. This is not a good place to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the next one was, you know, talking too much. And I mean, there's, there's some good information here, but basically what we do is we want to go on either, whether it's on the phone or in person, we just start puking at the mouth, right? We just start puking all over our customers. You know, I'm great. I've been doing this for so long and I'm all these awards and blah, 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 blah. Like we've said before, you know, grandma, grandma's wor- wisdom, there's two ears and one mouth for a reason. So, you know, when you talk too much, you basically are shooting yourself in the foot.
1: I think that's why that particular TikTok did so well because I talked about my grandma.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you stole that from me, actually.
1: Well, all the grandmas that back in the day said that. That was like the common, uh, that was the thing they said. No, that
0: you're right. I think I brought it up one time and then you stole it from me. That's all right, though. I got a copyright on it. You'll get a letter from my lawyer. Oh, shit. What's the next one? <laughs> the next one was decision makers. You know, going out and looking at a job and, and they're like, oh, yeah, it sounds great. Now I just got to talk to my wife. Like, that's the yeah. worst.
1: I know. And you know, it's, so, it's funny, Brad, because it, it seems so commonplace in our, in our inner circle when we're working with our members and stuff like that and we're doing role plays and stuff. It's, it seems so like common. It seems so normal, right? But I think so many contractors have no idea how to make that happen. I know I got stuck with that all the time. I told a story about that one time where I was like, I totally got this job. You know, the husband and I were like, boom, your waterfall's going to be sick. You're going to get koi fish. And while we're talking about it, the wife rolls up and she's like, who's this? She's all pissed and shit. I'm like, whoa, this lady's crazy. Who's this? It's like, it's the pond guy. She's like, we're not getting a pond until I get this kitchen done. And I'm like, oh, he's like, sorry, bro. You got to go. And I'm like, what the heck just happened?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how many times you get caught in someone's like wishful thinking right? Like the wife wants a new kitchen and she says, could we, can we get a new kitchen? And the husband's like, well, get some estimates and we'll see where the price is at. And then we'll talk about it. Right. And then you go out there and you meet with the wife and you spend like six hours doing an estimate and all that stuff. And then you give them a price. And the husband's like, yeah, there's no way. We're not, that's, we're no, there's no way we're doing that.
1: And one of the comments on that particular one, I don't know if you caught that one, but the guys like, Oh yeah, well, I just, I just did a consult with the lady and uh, she said, that's awesome, no problem. Let me just, I'm going to call my husband and I'll get you a check tonight when I get home. And I'm like, well, you let me know when you get that check, bro. Like, why don't you post a comment once you got the money?
0: I haven't seen that one. I'll have to, I'll have to go look for it. <laughs> need, to get, need to have a, uh, take my Hope Island video and play it for him. <laughs> no kidding. Next one was asking about budget. Right. If you ask your prospect what their budget is, you probably suck at sales.
1: Yeah. This one's, this one's a little controversial, I think, because I I don't want to say controversial necessarily, but it's, it's a little edgy because there's a lot of people, this is touching more than just contractors. We're getting, we're getting homeowners that are seeing these videos and they're going like, that's why I get 22 bids. You know, I want to make sure I don't get ripped by some, Cheap-ass contractors,
0: <laughs> right? I saw the one, the lady was like, can you tell us how to respectfully, you know, ask the contractor for a cheaper price or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're
1: getting crazy stuff like that. But uh, which one are we on? I kind of lost there.
0: The uh, asking for budget.
1: Oh, asking for budget. Yeah, because, you know, so many people are trained, like everyone's bought a car before, right? But not everyone's bought a, a kitchen remodel or a landscape or, you know, a bathroom remodel or whatever, roofing. And so a lot of times, you know, car salesmen are like, hey, what's your budget? How much do you want to spend a month? And so that I think that's commonplace in in a sales environment. So people kind of are stuck on that. You know, what, what Brad and I are teaching all the time is to be like, hey, just figure out what the people want and then share with them what it's going to cost to fulfill that dream and, you know, give them a, a kind of a range. It could go really crazy. Or if we were smart, we could have this number, you know we share some numbers and then they usually give us the budget but so many contractors are getting in there like going you know I I actually got that from a comment from someone else in one of our TikToks like I just ask for a budget bro that's all I do I win every time
0: yeah I like the ones that are like I get I win 99% of my bids (laughs) I'm like I can guarantee you you're too cheap I can guarantee it
1: yeah well these are the audits this is the audit you need to do
0: yeah. Yeah. but unless you, unless you have just a... Unless you're the only one that does that thing and you know, it's high demand. But the thing about asking for budget is that you, you can ask for budgets. Like sure. you can legitimately ask for budgets and get a budget and sell the job. Like, so it's not a... It is a little tricky because it's not... If you ask for a budget, then you've ruined the sale. That's not what it is. But what happens when you ask for budgets is that you put people on the defensive. You make them uncomfortable. Because what happens is everyone thinks you're gonna, you know, if the job's gonna be fifteen thousand and they tell you their budget's twenty, then you're gonna say, oh, well, coincidentally the job's gonna be twenty thousand. And in reality, it's only fifteen. Like that's what every consumer believes whenever they whenever they give budgets. Because we've all heard the well, we don't really know what our budget is. We're kind of hoping to get a price from you. That's a lie. I mean, that that is a lie. Everyone has a number in their head. What I would do before I started giving my price first is if I said, Eric, what's your budget? And you're like, well, I don't really have a budget. You know, we're trying to figure it out. And I'd be like, well, everybody has a number. I mean, if I told you it was going to be $100,000, you know, you'd probably be saying no. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. no, There's no way. Yeah, we're not. We definitely wouldn't pay 100000 And I'm like, yeah. So see, everybody's got a number. I mean, where are you guys wanting to be at? And then they would kind of begrudgingly say, well... <laughs> you know we don't really want to be more than fifteen, which is probably not even true. Then it's probably like twenty, but they're holding back money because they don't want to give me the, the full amount. That's what people do. Not everybody, but that's what a lot of people do. So when you learn how to give your, we say this is what we say: give your price to get their price. If I tell you that the project's going to be about eighteen thousand, and you are willing to spend twenty then we can have a conversation after that right because now it's not a matter of me trying to re- take all your money
1: yeah well what i tried to explain in the 1 minute you know video is it, it's a it's a tough spot to be at and and if, if there's enough context you know if i have a conversation with someone for say 10 or 15 minutes and we're building some rapport you know and i got you know we maybe giggled a little bit and now we're getting you know to know each other a little at some point like back in the past, I might say like, hey, like, what are you looking to spend on this? You know, if you could share some, some context of where you want to land, I can get you the most for your money. That might've been the style I used to use, right? Let me know where you want to land and I'll make sure you get the most for your money to have, give them the feeling that I'm not going to cheat them, right? And then we would work together. But, you know, once, once you get good at sales, and you're able to, to show someone a spectrum of where this project could land, then they're more inclined to do it. But if you just straight up ask for budget and you don't have any rapport building, any of that stuff, it becomes a tug of war, just like you said, because they're not going to give you a true number. You're going to think it's too low. How can I get them to go up? And they're like, hey, I'll go up, but I'm not going to tell them how far I'll go up. And now like, you're in this little battle. You know, and this is not a good place to, to build a successful project for and a good experience for your client.
0: Yeah, the other thing on this too, Eric. I saw comments were like, "Oh, I just start high and then work my way down." Like that's confirming what the consumer is assuming. Exactly. Don't freaking do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just give your price. If the price is fifteen, that's your price. Is it negotiable? No, not unless we change the scope. Right. Like it's not. Well, it's fifteen, but you know, if you pay cash, I'll do it for fourteen five. Or I mean, and, I'm not getting into the cash thing, but I'm just using that as an example of like negotiation. Like the, the number you give is not a starting point. As a contractor, when you're giving your number to a customer, that should not be a starting point for negotiations. It, now the number, the final number may change. Don't get me wrong, depending on the scope of work. Sure. But if I'm telling you, Eric, this job is a $20,000 job and you're like, oh man, that's way more than what I thought. Well, we could probably do it for sixteen. And 16 was my number to be my number to begin with. Don't do that.
1: Well, I mean, that's a pretty big span. That's nine grand, right? But I mean, literally, even, even if it's like three or four grand off of that, does it just mean you started too high? And like, either I was high to begin with and this is the number I need to be successful and profitable, or I'm just going to not be successful and profitable on this project and cut corners. And it's either way, it's a bad experience for either A, the prospect, or B, the contractor. And unfortunately... You know, I, I, gosh, I, I feel like the contractors getting, beating themselves up more than, than the bad contractors beating up prospects. But I,
0: oh, for I don't sure. know. Yeah. I, I would say if I, if I had to guess, just, just based on the comments that we got, probably 80% of the contractors screw themselves, you know, and maybe, maybe 20% or maybe 5% screw the customer and there's a 10% in there that actually know where they're supposed to be or whatever that percentage is, 15%.
1: I think that's fair. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, the contractors we're trying to help, they're they're not douchebags, you know? No. They're really trying to do all. good stuff. They just don't know how to do it. And they take advantage of themselves
0: by letting then the client… We've said it before, advantage. Eric. They they haven't been to contractor school. They don't go to contractor school. Yeah. They're craftsmen. They know how to do their craft. They don't know how to sell. They don't know how to know the numbers and all that stuff. So the budget one's tricky. And I want to clarify one thing so there's no misconception that when we talk about like the number, when we give pricing over the phone, we give ballpark prices and we use high anchors. So I may say, Eric, this bathroom that you're wanting to have done, you know, it could be as much as 30,000 or as little as 20,000. Because I'm giving you a ballpark. I'm not giving you a, a hard number, right? But what a lot of contractors are doing is they're, they're not pre-qualifying on the phone. They're going out and looking at the job and they're giving them a number, like an actual estimate to the customer. And they're telling the customer, this is going to be $20,000. And then they're saying, well, that's too much. Can we come down? And they're like, yeah, we could probably do it for like sixteen. Like they're changing their actual hard estimate number. And what I'm talking about is like giving ballparks over the phone. Those are two different things and don't get them confused.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. What's what's the next one?
0: Uh, The last one actually is talk poorly about your competition.
1: Yeah. So many people do that. It's crazy. You know, think like, no, no one does that. Are you kidding me? But they do it all the time. It's gross.
0: Well, there were lots of comments that were like, well, I, I don't do it unless they ask me about so-and-so and then I'll tell them they suck.
1: Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> lie to them. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to them. Well, but... it's okay if it's okay if um, if they ask me to talk bad about them, then I can do it. Like, no, it doesn't make it okay, <laughs> bro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I used to... I learned the hard way because I'd go in and like say it was a shower or something, tile that was tiled poorly or incorrectly and they want to fix it. And I I'd, I'd be like man, whoever did this shower did a terrible job. And the customer would be like, well, I did it myself.
1: Ooh, foot in mouth.
0: Yeah, insert foot in mouth. And so what I've realized now, not now, but what I realized, you know, learning this was that you don't, you just don't talk bad about them. Now, if they ask you a direct question, like we hired so-and-so and they came out here and they did this specific thing. Is this, is this up to code? Is what they did up to code? right? Now, I may answer that. Well, technically, it's not to code, but it's not terrible either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I may ask answer a direct question like that, but I'm not going to say, no, this ain't up to code. Those guys are a bunch of hack jobs, and I don't even know why they're still in business.
1: This is funny. About 12 or 15 years ago, I don't know if this totally relates, but this, I have to tell the story. Uh, it's been at least 12 or 13 years. I would take pictures of jobs that were really not good, like, This is exactly what you don't want to do. And I would take pictures of that and then I would have them in my folder because we did a a series called Ponds Gone Wrong on on, uh, YouTube. And so I would show people like, hey, you don't want this happening in your yard, right? I wasn't calling up people's names or anything like that, but I had a contractor come in and he was – he was new to me, I didn't know him that well, and he was like, "Hey, I, I'm going to be installing this job. I want to know. Can you help me make sure I get it done right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And so I was like, "Well, this is what you don't want it to look like." And I showed him the picture, and he actually installed that job. He's like, "Oh, that's the Johnson residence. I did that job. I'm like, "Oh shit
0: Oh, that's brutal. Was he mad after that? That was
1: a tough moment. No we worked through it, but it was it was a rough moment. It was tough
0: i've I've done stuff where I've taken pictures of something in our video and be like, "Hey, this you know." This is not the way it should be done if you know if you've had situations like that, give us a call we'll fix it or whatever but i don't I don't again i don't call out any contractors or say anything I've, I may have said something like this is what the cheap contractor gets you to kind of make it more of a uh, you know a bold statement but I, I definitely don't call out any contractors
1: yeah, and again, most people like they just know that this, if you have a good moral compass you don't talk poorly about other contractors to someone you know, but I think sometimes contractors get nervous and in that they haven't been to contractor school. They don't know how to make themselves shine, and just without talking, you know, tearing down the other building, right? So they talk poorly about the other person to help them feel better about themselves because they want to get the job. And I don't think they do it intentionally. I think most part, it, I don't know. It's it's crazy to think about the way it comes. Well, out.
0: it's it's insecurity. It's insecurity. They're on the job. You're trying to puke all over about how great you are and then they say something about another or you're bad-mouthing the other contractor. Yeah, this contractor sucks because he didn't do this. He didn't use the right spacers. He didn't use this type of backing material, blah, blah, blah. Whenever we do it, we use all the great stuff and we do, you know, like it's just out of insecurity and out of, and, or it's out of ego, right? We talked about ego suppression before it's either out of insecurity or out of ego Listen, guys, if there's no reason whatsoever that you should be bad-mouthing another contractor, there's no benefit to it ever.
1: It it actually makes you look, it makes you look really bad.
0: It does. You know,
1: I mean, you might lose a job just because you talked poorly about someone else. Even though you're the better contractor, you got the best price, you're the best person to do the job for the client. They might just go, hey, this is morally, this is not cool. And and for that reason, I don't want to work with this person. You know, you could lose it just because of that.
0: I'm sure there's people out there that are like negative Nancys and they love, they love feeding off negativity and stuff. And those people may actually like the fact that you're talking bad about another contractor. You know, and they may hire you because of that. But that's not, again, that's an exception. That is not the majority. Yeah, man. Every
1: time I talk bad about the competition, I always get the job, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah. I do want to talk about this, this negative Nancy thing. I think one of the reasons we're getting traction on TikTok, if, if, you know, I don't know if I'm giving away a secret, but you know, you probably suck at sales. If you do this, you probably suck at sales. And you know, it has a negative tone and people want it they want to see that negative stuff. Let me see if I, you know, let me see what sucks at sales. I want to see what that looks like. If this, if this thing was like, if you do this, you're probably an amazing salesperson. I don't think that it would get the traction that it would. They're like, oh, I don't want to see an amazing salesperson. I want to see what the sucky one looks like. And I think that's one of the reasons we're getting traction.
0: Well, we learned that. And actually, in some sales training that we took, we learned about selling from pain. Use pain to attract them. So, who want, you know, I want to know, am I a sucky salesman? I already think I'm a good salesman, so I don't need to look and see if I, you know... If I'm good, I want to know if I'm sucking at it.
1: Well, that's you. But see, I think what's happening is you got these contractors that think they're great salesmen. And they're like, oh, I want to laugh and see what this sucky salesperson looks like. And then I talk about them and they're like, oh, wait a minute, that's me. And so one of those videos has like a thousand shares. I mean, that's a lot. That's a thousand contractors. Look at that thing and go, Wait a minute! I need to share this with my sales team, or I need to share this with my wife. Is this me, or I need to share this with you know another contractor buddy of mine? Because he's he does that all the time. And so I think I think we're really we're striking a chord with some people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, and again, I, we're kind of more surprised by the sheer number of people that were in in agreement. We thought we were going to get tons of hate comments and you know backlash. But wrapping up the whole auditing your sales process you know these these things we talked about those are not all of the things that you could do wrong there's we could probably do 20 other topics on things that that contractors do wrong on their sales process but auditing your sales process is basically taking a look at it look at it objectively look at it as if you were a consumer and you know you were talking to yourself is that how you would want to buy one thing that we get in there on some of those videos the comments eric was like You know, I ask them for their budget and if they won't give them to me, I move on. Screw them. I ain't got time for them. Like, that's not a good process. You know what I mean? Like, because you could suck at sales, ask for the budget, they would have been the perfect consumer, customer that you've ever had. But because they didn't give you the budget, then you just said, screw you and moved on. Like, that's a problem in your sales process. So when you got to look at it and audit it, you got to take a step back and, and look at all aspects of it.
1: I mean, cl- clearly we can't help everyone. You know, that person is not ready for help, right? The, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And so that, that, those people, we can't help yet. You know, they watch enough and then, and if, if they make a comment and then we show back up in their feed and something else shows up, you know, maybe it'll, it'll be a wake up call. And, and, you know, I'm not in a hurry to try and help those people, Brad, because they're not ready. You can't do that, right? The people that go, oh my gosh, I do this. I need to stop. Th- those are the people we can help. Those are the people that we're touching. And I think that's important.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we've actually gotten several emails, Instagram messages, of people like, yeah, I do this. I'm starting now. I need help. You know, what kind of help can you give me? And the unfortunate thing is we, we have tons of free resources, like our podcast, our free group. The TikTok videos, all these different things that we're doing. We can't help every single person individually, right? Because that's I mean, we just can't do that. That's why our even our paid coaching group is a group type setting, because we can help more people that way. But I mean we we try to help as much as we can. But listen to the podcast, get on our free Facebook group. There's, you know, there's you can ask the same question in that group that you send us privately, and if we answer it, then you know, several hundred people can get that response. So or thousands of people. That, that's what we want to do. We don't want to, we can't have individual conversations with John Smith, who's starting out his contracting business. We want to help you. We just can't give you our personal time to every single person.
1: Yeah, that's why we're pushing all this other free content. So I'm gonna take us home unless you have any final thoughts, Brad.
0: No. I mean, I do have a final thought. And that is, again, you, you need to look at all aspects of your sales. Have a friend or someone who's non-buy, I should say not even a friend, maybe maybe another contractor, maybe it's us. Go to our, Again, if you go to our free group and you say, this is my sales process, what do you think about it? We, Eric and I and others in the group will look at it and we'll audit it for you and tell you what we think. Like that is a way to get your sales process audited. So that's my final thought. All right, cool. Little side note for uh, this
1: podcast right here. This is, it's Thanksgiving morning bright and early. Brad and I are getting this recorded out so you guys will have it for Monday. And I just want to take the time to just say how thankful I am for everyone's attention and support. Uh, really cool news that we hit the top 55. We hit the the top 100 podcasts in our space. We hit number 55 up up 40 spots and it's, it's because you guys are listening to us and uh, giving us, uh, us your attention. And that's, A big deal for us. So I want to say thanks for all that.
0: Yeah, I want to also say thank you for that. I mean, obviously we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the support that we get. Very thankful for our community, you know, our students and the Profit Club. Very grateful to be in this position to be able to give back. All right, people, you know
1: what to do. If you want to make the world a better place, share the Hammer and Grind podcast so we can help contractors create better experiences for not only their families, but for their customers. Check us out on TikTok. We're having a blast. I hope you uh, catch us on the next download.